You have your Bible with you? Will you hold it up in the air and wave it like you just do care? Amen. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at a very familiar story. Um, it is a story that most people think is just a Christmas story. You usually only hear that preach, uh, taught around Christmas time. Uh, I, uh, you will see, I, I think it's way more than that. I think the Bible is way more than just one subject or one season. <clears throat> I, I, uh, I believe that uh, you, you, if you'll listen with your heart this morning, God's going to do an incredible work. Um, at the end of the service, for those of you that are new to us, you'll hear a couple quick announcements uh, if, if they are uh, pertinent to this coming week or the next couple of weeks. Our executive pastor, Pastor Bradley, will dismiss you in prayer. <clears throat> Again, please forgive me for my voice. Uh, man, I was so rooting for LSU. I was so rooting for Minnesota and Clemson, so, and then just getting jacked up this morning. Uh, I apologize for the raspy. I did not pick up the habit of smoking. All right, I promise. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, I want you to, to scoot down to verse 18. I'm going to read verses 18 through 25. And yes, this is about the birth of Jesus Christ. So again, most people think that it is a Christmas uh, text and, and sermons come out of that. I, I believe it's just really all about family. I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is really about family. Um, if you were with me last week or caught up uh, with a new series, it's called Insta Family. <clears throat> and uh, I talked about the first snapshot uh, of our family is priority and how there's things then that we should have that are priority and give uh, specific attention to. This week, the snapshot is going to be unity. I want to talk to you on the subject of unity in the family. I want to take just a moment as I read the text. I want to introduce the subject. Uh, and I, I, I want to say something though. You with me? Say amen. amen. Let me just say right there for a moment. So I had the privilege of speaking to over a thousand people at Wahala Middle, Middle, Middle School. But listen to this. I, I had the opportunity, but I, was, I, I didn't use the name Jesus. I didn't quote the Bible. I just let the light shine through me. But w one of the times during that session, I said, hey, if you're listening, and I, I, I love how Jen said after it, she goes, I was so like, what was he going to say right there? Because normally I say, if you're listening, say amen. So I said, if you're listening, say Razorback. It was all like, Razorback. So it's really cool. I appreciate the prayers. I appreciate the opportunity because there's no telling where God will lead me. And I will go there if he leads me, I promise. All right? So if you have your place, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, say amen. There we go. Here we go. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he, he decided to break the engagement quietly. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's kind of spoke like that. I don't know. Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you will name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets, through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Verse 25. But he did not have sexual relations 
with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I, uh, I never really looked at it like this until the past couple weeks in preparation for this morning's message. <clears throat> I read a statistic in preparation for this in the back study that, and I believe it was Dr. Jimmy Evans that said this, if you've not heard of him or listened to him, uh, Google him. He's an incredible, incredible speaker on the family. Uh, him and his wife do, a, do, do some incredible uh, studies, um, and uh, he, he is a part of Robert Morris' church, Gateway Church, out in Texas. Um, and so I believe I read, uh, read after him this week that he said that the latest statistic is that over 50% of the church community and community in general, over 50%, is in a blended family. Now, when he says that we're in a blended family, he is simply referring to a husband or a wife that has been married before, that come together with children of their own. Maybe it's just a husband, maybe it's just a wife. Like in our situation, um, when Sandra chose to, to be a part of this crazy journey, she was choosing not only to love me, but she was choosing to love Addison. And then along the journey, God gave us the opportunity to bring another child home and become our kid and part of our crazy crew land. And so we chose to love her. So when we say blended family, we really, I say that, I'm saying that quoting him, he's talking about that and that dynamic. Now, the more I've chewed on it, remember I'm doing a series on family. So if you're in like this crazy situation in your family or you find yourself single and you don't ever want to be in a family, family is so much more than husband and wife. I really, really want you to understand that. Okay. I also felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell someone here this morning or someone that is watching or listening that it's going to be okay. It's it's going to be okay. He has perfect timing. It's going to be okay. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to be hokey pokey on you. I'm just trying to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. But the more I chewed on that and and, and all the research and looking at the text and talking about blended family, I, I told Sandra, I was like, you know, well, technically we're all in a blended family. I mean, if you've, been, if you've been married and you're married to the same person that you've been married to from the very first and never been divorced and anything like that, listen, you're in a blended family because when you married your spouse, you not only married your spouse, but you married their crazy crew. You know what I'm saying? Till death do you part. Now, now some of you are going, don't look around, don't make any sudden motions, but we're all in a blended family. And then if you want to say, well, that really don't, that excludes me, so I don't even have to listen this morning. No, no, no. Stop and think a minute. <clears throat> we're all in a blended family. I look around this room, we look at the statistics or the numbers uh, uh, and the location of people that log on and watch us and and attend our services through media and technology around the world. We're all vastly different. We all have our baggage. We're all in a blended family. And so don't turn me off. Don't turn the Holy Spirit off. Listen to what he's saying this morning about how this dynamic is. I just want you to understand, and I want you to see with me. I've never looked at this text before like this, but listen, Jesus was a part of a blended family. He was born into a blended family. Now, before I go any further, I want you to understand that I believe with all of my heart, I mean all of my heart, in the sanctity of marriage. I truly believe that It is a covenant that God has set forth and it should be until death do you part. 
I understand the biblical grounds for divorce. I understand those things probably better than most of you here in the season of my life that I found myself as a single parent, defeated and feeling worthless, really questioning what I get through this. Would anybody ever love me? Would I ever be able to preach again? What was I going to do? So I don't want you to think that I'm being condescending or that I'm being hypocrite. I want you to get it. I want you from the bottom of your heart to listen to what God is saying. And I don't want you to be beat up. I want you to be encouraged. And if you're married to the same person that you looked across the way and said, I do, I love you, honey, boo-boo, and you're still married, then this is just stuff to strengthen that marriage that you're in for the longevity. But if you're in your fifth, hey, it can be the right one now. Because here, here's, here's my thought this morning. The reality is, hey, as God intended, we often mess up. The reality is we are all living in a blended family. I can remember 20 years ago when I started ministry that I'd hear preachers say that the number of divorce is getting as high in the church as it is in the world. Last time I checked, the church was in the world. I'm sick of walls. I'm no better than you. I'm no different than you because I've been divorced or because I found myself in a situation that wasn't quite as beautiful as yours. It's okay if your situation's not just like mine. And I don't want you to hear any of this series. As I said last week, I don't want you to hear any of this series or anything I ever do in my life as a family and think, well, then they got it figured out. We are at work and war every stinking day to stay together. Why do you think it's so difficult to keep us? Why do you think that over the last seven years you've seen faces and then you go, where did it? It's so hard to stay together because we don't understand the beauty of blendedness. We don't, we don't appreciate the unity and how you can have unity and be vastly different. And Joseph was headed right that way. So the reality is, don't think that everybody else has it figured out. They do not. I am one decision away from doing something vile. I'm one dumb choice. I'm one click away from a toehold becoming a stronghold that will destroy my testimony. So don't look around or don't feel all squirmy and go, well, I, he's talking about me and he has no idea I'm struggling. And oh, No, no, no. I, this is from my heart. These messages are for me. I'm just sharing it because he's called me to be the pastor and the preacher in this community. These things are for me and for my family. I don't preach anything else. I don't steal sermons. It comes from my heart. So the reality is that there is no place you can go today. I, I do not want us to ever differentiate between in here and out there because my understanding of the Bible is I've been sent into the world. We gather together in pockets like this so that we can sharpen each other to go back to our church, which is the world. 
And there is everybody in every situation that you're going to meet, whether it's on the job or the local store or the ball field. If you're a student, there's other students there that are, that are experiencing incredible situations of blended families. And they are some incredible dynamics when you bring a group of people together like this. And then you got those elite, though, that stand back and they point fingers and they think, well, you do this and you do that. And, you do. and they're like, we've, we've got it right. And, and you see the king of kings and the Lord of lords is born into a blended family. And I, and I, and I love, I love, I love the way Joseph responds. So if you're listening closely, the reality is we're all in a blended family. And I don't know if you ever figure it out. I, I hang out with all different ages. I don't, I don't know that you ever figure it out. We were, I, four or five of us, three or four of us were standing there. I'm thinking of Mr. Hammy. I'm thinking of Jim. There's, there's three or four of us standing there. We was working in the downtown campus, and we, we got to talking about our, our, our wives. And when I say talking about it, I don't mean being ugly about it. We're just kind of talking about life as men. And I won't lie, I didn't tell you guys this yesterday, but as I began to listen and I began to chime in on the conversation, I was every so often kind of looking to make sure my wife didn't walk around the corner. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a little bit of afraid of her, you know? Now everybody, and and, and what was really cool, Mr. Amy, was really cool is that, you know, it's always a work. Being in families always work. It's not easy. I don't care who you read. I don't care who you listen to. I don't care the greatest preacher ever lived. I don't care what it looks like on Instagram, what it looks like on Twitter, what it looks like on Facebook, what it looks like on TikTok. I don't care. It's work. And the enemy will do anything he can to destroy your family. He'll do anything he can to divide us. He'll do anything he can, girls, to, to make you think that you'll never be no more than your situation. Hey, I missed you Wednesday. He'll do that. He'll remind you that you're worthless. That's the enemy talking to you. That's not the truth. He died for you. And just because you're not walking into your destiny right now does not mean that right around the corner is your destiny. I didn't know that when I was going through the trauma that I was going through and trying to figure out how am I going to feed my girl, goldfish and burnt grits. She still won't let me cook grits. That in the very place I was doing life and felt like it was falling apart would be who he designed for me. And it may not work like mine were. My story's not yours. Their story's not yours. Your story is your own. Who knew that she would teach Lana in the third grade, but fast forward a couple of years, we launched a church after God, out of our brokenness, bring us together. And now, she's my girl. Yeah. She's my red. And she's just like her Mama, mm. I'm telling you, God said, I'll tell you, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Man, all these things, I am more than a conqueror. I've watched some of you grow up. I've watched your family life and I've, I see your family life now. I've watched it and God is an amazing God and it will be Okay. The reality is we're all in a blended family. Someone sitting to the right or to the left of you, in front of you, or behind you, they don't have it figured out either. Oh, I know they got their hair fixed just right, and they look real good, and they said amen, and they got real loud, and all that good stuff. I know that, right? That's why I called this series Insta Family. I know we got snapshots, and we think that's it. 
The reality is even the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of my soul, was born into a blended family with some really, let's be honest, really weird dynamics. Like, yeah, right, the Holy Spirit conceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't how it works. It's not what they taught me in biology. Yeah, crazy, right? But that's the reality. But I want us to focus this morning on Joseph's response. Because we know the reality is. So let's look at how can we, how can we respond and the goal being unity, how can we respond? I want to walk this out with you. Just, just give me a few minutes to have a conversation with you. I, I, I love how he responds. So let me just bring some thoughts out. They're not an exhaustive. It's, it's not an it's not end-all list. It's just some thoughts that I, I look at as I'm trying to improve my life as a dad, as a husband, as just a man, just a human being. And I love how he responds to the reality that, hey, this is a messed up situation. I think, I think, number one, I think that the beauty that I see in the way he responds and what I love is that, is that he, he, he responded by having an established foundation. I, I, I see when I look at Joseph in this, in this, it was really crazy. It's a really messed up situation or season, but, but I believe because it says that Joseph was a righteous man, it wasn't that something he just found, it wasn't trench religion for him. It wasn't jailhouse salvation, you know, and I'm not knocking either one of those things. I'm just simply saying that I believe he was already walking with the Lord. And I believe because he had an established foundation that he, he fully relied on God and that he put God first. So I know this seems elementary, but I don't know why you're still struggling if it's elementary. I mean, if you're saying this is just simple preaching, then why are you still struggling? Could it be that you haven't established those foundation? Could it be that you've not put God first? I mean, I know you got the tattoo and I know you got the t-shirt and I know you got the bumpers. I know you got one of our stickers on your car. I get it, right? But I mean, when it's really, really quiet and it's just you and the kids are quiet and he's gone or you're by yourself or you're in your room and you think nothing. I'm talking about when you're all by yourself, is that reality there and is it kicking your tail or are you responding in a correct way because you know that the core of who you are and the foundation in which I stand on, no matter who's beside me or with me, is Jesus? And I don't know, I don't know how you go about your days. I don't know how I went about my, maybe that's why I've done so many drugs and drank so much and, and did all the corrals, and, but I don't know how I even made it before Christ. I don't know what I would do without my foundational belief in Jesus and that he's got it all under control. Because most of my life is chaos. I feel like I'm chasing my tail. I can never keep up. This morning, I, I think I shared this with you a minute ago. This morning makes about the fifth time I have spoke this week. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't even keep up. Like, I, I told Pastor Bradley, I said, because I couldn't ask Pastor Thad because he's in the middle of doing it, right? I'm like, I've lost track of what song we're on. When am I supposed to go up there? I just feel the Holy Spirit moving. My life is, is just, I don't, it's just a controlled chaos. I know it looks put together. I know it looks like, okay, he's got, no, I'm just saying that I don't know how you do it without knowing that the foundation of your life is the solid rock. Joseph being a righteous man, wanted to put her away privately and secretly, but he didn't. Why? Because his foundation was established. And if you have not discovered that trouble will hit your family, hold on. But see, when you become a child of God, he can't have your soul. 
I don't want to mess your theology up. I'm not here to meddle in your business. I'm here to just rightly divide the word of God. And the Bible is more in tune with once saved, always saved, which has turned into be a free fall party. That's not what it's about. It's about pride. It's about security. It's about confidence. It's about knowing that no matter hell or high water, strong wind, death, disease, divorce, that my God will see me through. That's what it's about. He had an established foundation. God was first. Joseph, he shows us. He shows us because it says when he woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Joseph shows us incredible faith in following God's plan. Listen to me. If you're in a blended family, and if you're listening to me, you're in a blended family. It takes total commitment. You have to be all in. You have to be all in. I am as all in and committed now in this season of my life as I was in my previous marriage and as a single parent. I am as committed now, I am as all in now as I was in my previous ministry as I am now in this rebirth and this incredible beautiful season of my ministry now. You want to survive your in-laws? You have to be established on the foundation of God. If you want to survive the disease, if you want to survive the doubt, if you want to survive the depression, if you want to survive the divorce, if you want to survive the death, you have to be established and God must be first. And I can't help but quote him because I love him and I love our tigers. It's like Dabo said, you gotta be all in. It takes every single one of you. That's why it's so important, and you, you, you ladies know who I'm talking to back That's why it's so important that you understand that you don't just roll up here and you are these and we are this. No, 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 we are one. Now you may not understand it right away. You may be new to us. You may not even be here and you're listening. Maybe you've been here once and you're listening again now. It's still the same principle. We're one. We're vastly different. A thousand people, and I said, because they introduced me and said I was from Nuri. Actually, they said, bless Jennifer's heart, Nuri. I said, no, it's Nuri. You know, Nuri, like a mud cat, Nuri. So I said, hey, I don't even know where Neri is. I bet there was maybe, maybe out of a thousand or 900 plus kids, in adults, probably a thousand, maybe 20 hands went up. I love what one mom wrote. said, now, thank you, thank you for being there. Thank you for inspiring. Thank you for all. Now I've got to take her down to Neri. I said, I hope her expectation is not too high. <laughs> we have vastly different backgrounds. That's what a blended family is all about. But the core of who we are is God. You know, listen, and it didn't happen. Listen, let me speak directly to those of you that are in blended families as a result of divorce and remarriage. It has taken years to get to this place that we're at now. And it is hard work. And there are times I wanted to quit. There are times I wanted to absolutely, and there were times that I showed out. Oh my God, there were times I was so embarrassed. I was, if God hadn't used Addison in my life to say, Dad, 
I don't want you fussing like that anymore. That's the, that's the short of the long. It's taken years to get here. It's taken years for me to get to a place <clears throat> to begin to understand that some of the problems I have, it's issues inside me. It's my insecurities. It's not my in-laws. It's not my spouse. It's not my ex. It was insecurities in me. It wasn't the church that hurt me. It was the insecurities in me. I text the girls. I said, I'm going to speak. Can you pray for me? And I said, I'm nervous. And they were like, you're nervous? I was like, yeah, I get, ner- I get nervous when I speak to two people. They said, why do you get so nervous? I don't know. I really don't know the root of it. But I know I was a high school dropout. I know I'm severely dyslexic. I know I have ADDDDDDDDDDD. You get it right on repeat. I, I mean, I, I, and I'm, I'm like, just this bundle of insecurities. A lot of times when we, we find ourselves in those disagreements, when we find those, ourselves in those seasons of conflict, there's our series we just come out of. A lot of times it's not the other person that we have the conflict with. It's something that's on the inside. I'm not suggesting that other people don't cause things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some internal issues that has to be established. Joseph, he had to know who he was to walk forward. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Facebook. But man, it was a small community and they would have known very quickly. And they would have absolutely, and I'm sure they did, gossip. But he had an established foundation. He shows us incredible faith. And again, it's like God keeps saying, to tell you, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Another observation that I I love about Joseph's response, because the reality is, hey, here it is. It's going to be blended. You're not only getting married, but you're getting her. Forgive me, and please, Jesus. You're getting, you're getting her wild young. And he's going he's gonna to move furniture. He, 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 he's going to aggravate the siblings. He, 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 he can walk on water. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about trying to raise Jesus? And he could do anything he wanted to do at any time? And you think our children are difficult? Woo. He responds because he has an established foundation. But I, I think the other thing I see in Joseph's life that you, if you're in a blended family and all of us are, we've established that, of course, is that you, you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to follow through. Hey, mom, if you're a single mom, you got to follow through. You got to be consistent. Hey, if you want this church to be all that can be in this community, you got to be consistent. You got to follow through. It takes all of us. It takes every single one of us. From somebody on the sideline cheering you on and praying for you, to those of us using a roller to roll it, for those of us that are on the street corner telling them Jesus will save, to those that are in at the altar praying that they will come into the building. It takes everybody. It takes somebody to serve a slice of pizza on Wednesday night. It takes somebody to help clean up after everybody else is gone. It takes a crew to set up and tear down every week for the last up 10 years. It takes everybody. It takes people to run wires. It takes people to run lighting. It takes people to run. It, you get it, right? It takes everybody. And one thing that has to happen for us to be all that we possibly can be and our family, even though it's blended and crazy and diverse and weird and strange, is we've got to be consistent. Because he had an established foundation of incredible faith and was a righteous man, he was able to stay consistent in his walk. 
Maybe very vulnerable for a moment. As a single dad, I found myself trying to figure out how to raise Addie. I had no idea Sandra was out there in the sense that we would be one. And early on in my divorce, we would rotate. We didn't have anything established at this point. It was chaos. And so her mother, and I want you to understand, let me say here for just a moment, I love her mother. We have a great relationship now. Is it perfect? No, no relationships are perfect whatsoever. But we're trying to establish some boundaries and figure things out. And, 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 and so she would go with her mother and then I would get her back and we hadn't had anything. There was nothing figured out. And so when I would get Addison back, so I guess I should say here too, if she's ever been a bratty around you, it's my fault. Because see, what I thought I was supposed to do when she come to me was I was supposed to make her want to be with me. And so I would, I would be so inconsistent. I would be like, these are the rules, but then whenever she would come back to me, it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter what she wanted. I would go overboard to try to please her and to make her happy. I wanted her to want to be with me. I did not realize and still sometimes struggle with the fact that she just loves me just because I'm just dad, or as she calls me, dado. And so the worst thing that we can possibly do in a blended situation is to not follow through. The worst thing you can do for this church and for this community is to not follow through. I know we're vastly different. I know we don't understand. Hey, we're a brand new church. We're, 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 in, we're in an area we've never been. I've, I'm, I'm confessing to you if you haven't figured out already, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Zero. I've never been this far out on a limb. Never. I have pastored two very established churches that had pretty good bank accounts. We have reserve money here. I've, we're so far out on the limb where the fruit is, by the way. I'm in uncharted territory. I'm loving every doggone minute of it. We're just going to keep walking faithfully. I don't know how we're going to get it all done. I, I love this. I'm going to throw him under the bus because I always do. Pastor Bradley we was talking yesterday morning before he left. He come and set up and left to leave. He had other engagements. He goes, is it, you know, let's, we were talking, I was like, is it wrong to pray for somebody to just to give us that $10,000 offering? Because we think we can get all the fours done for about X amount of $1,000 on top of what we already got. I'm like, man, no. Let's ask him for $20,000. So when you pray and you pray for your church, say, God, we need $20,000 more. You say, that sounds like Benny Hinn and that name it, claim it bunch. Well, first of all, stop your judging. And the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. So if it be thy will, Father, put them floors in that building. Do your thing, Jesus. But if you don't, we will march on. You say, how does that equate to my family? Because I don't know what you're in right now, but I'm sure there are seasons. And some of you are right there right now. It's overwhelming to you. You find yourself single. You find yourself as a single parent. You find yourself in the midst of in-laws and, and all these turmoil. You find yourself in this church going, well, take that, get into. I, all of us are in a blended family and you're trying to figure out like what? Just be consistent. Just follow through. Just follow through. You say, how do you see that in Joseph's life? I'm glad you asked. Joseph, Joseph to whom she was engaged was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And that thing just jumped out at me so loudly. You know what Joseph displays? 
he displays incredible honor, incredible respect. Can I say for just a moment while we're here, speaking just to those that may be in a divorce situation, a separated situation, in that type of blendedness. Be a person of honor. Be a person of respect. I had to learn the hard way that, oh, it's easy to stoop to their level and say something disrespectful or to dishonor them. But let me remind you, as I have been reminded myself, we're still family. And we've been called to be people of honor, integrity, character. It's easy to take the low road. It's easy. But the Bible says vengeance is not yours. It's his. My job is to be consistent and to follow through with what he's got me doing right now. And that means put one foot in front of the other. How do we get through this? How do we move forward? How, it's, I love how he responds because the reality is we're all in blended families. It, it, consistent. I believe also not only does it take us, us having that established foundation and, and that you and I are we're consistent in our wall because of that established, I think what follows from those is that, listen to me, that, that well, you understand your role. You understand your role. You say, well, well what do you mean? I, I love this. You still with me? Say amen. He did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I mean, that's crazy. He not only, he not only was willing to be publicly humiliated. I mean, he could have got on the soapbox and went, she cheated, she's sleeping with so-and-so, and she did this, and she did that, and she said it was God. So he had an established foundation. He checked his fear and turned it into faith. He was consistent. He, was gonna, he said, I love you. I want to marry you. I'm going to follow through. Consistency. Consistency. Being the same. Being consistent. Not overboard in mushy-gushy. Not overboard in discipline and rigidness. But consistent. Follow through. Do what you say and say what you do. It's that simple. I don't mix words. Someone asked me here a while back, they said, are you, are you, are you upset with me? And I'm like, well, you don't know me that well, because you get around me long enough, you know I wear my feelings on my sleeve. You will know if I'm upset with you. Can't help myself. I believe it's better to just live up front and out. He did not have relationship with her. Now listen to me. Stop for a moment and think. So he, he, he says, I want to follow through. This is crazy. I mean, what, what are people going to think? It's God's son. What are people going to I mean, because I mean, we, we live on this side of it and look back on it and go, it's the story of Jesus. Wow. It's a Hallmark movie. I mean, think about it in that moment. He felt like you. He felt defeated. He felt, he felt embarrassed. 
he felt betrayed. But because he knew who he was, and he was willing to follow through and be consistent, and he knew his role. His role was stepdad. He, 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 he knew his, like, here, here's what I want you to get and what it really screams at me. There are things I can do. There are things I could do. There are things I, I, I sometimes even want to do. But because my foundation is already established, he won't let me. And because he said, I need you to be consistent and be that example. I need you to be honorable and I need you to be respectful. I need you to watch what you say. I need you to watch what you do because it's not just about you. It's about your family. It's about this community. Even the ones that don't like you or you don't like, it's about me and all things are always about him. And in this moment, he could have done a lot of things, but he wouldn't even sleep with her. Now, if you read the text very clearly, they already got hitched. So he had, he had the legal right to take what was his. Y'all all right? Now just leave it at that. But he didn't. You see, you come through a season and you think, well, they've hurt me. My feelings have been hurt. And so I can do this. So I'm going to do this. I want to remind you that it's not godly. You have to know your role. You have to know your role. You have to understand that in this journey, you will have to make great sacrifice. Addison's biological mother and Addison's stepmom are completely at I mean, completely different ends of the spectrum. Completely. Sandra and I are at the complete opposite end of the spectrum as Lana's biological mother and father. When Lana become my daughter, and to this day, I'm very clear. I am not your biological father, but I'm your daddy. I am not here. When she first come to live with us, I, and she'd been in foster care and, 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 and situations, and I said, I don't care what you call me. Just keep it clean. And call me dad. But I will never forget the moment, the first time she said, Dad, I didn't force that. I didn't say, hey, I am your legal guardian. You're going to call me Dad. I know my role. And I've earned that respect. You have to know your role. It doesn't mean that you are not as good. It doesn't mean that you're not. Listen, I hear this all the time. You don't love them. They're mine. How could you love them? They're not even biologically yours. I don't know how you can, but I promise you as a guy that knows, Sandra would give her life for Addison. I've watched her make incredible sacrifice. Bite her tongue. To not worry about always being right, but about being in a right relationship because it's Team Addison. To know your role. 
Listen to me when I say this to you because I know it from the bottom. Hostility will absolutely destroy a family. The Holy Spirit will build a family. So if you harbor any hostility towards your family in any capacity, in any relationship, it is a slow, ticking time bomb. You may not see it now. You may even feel justified and my role is this. But it's like that slow drip that cut the Grand Canyon. It will erode away everything good in your life. It will destroy you. And it will destroy those you love the most. Hostility kills. He knew his role. Do you understand that your role, do you know what you're supposed to do? You're with me? This is really cool. This is what Joseph, this is not about being in a blended family. It's about being a diverse group of people doing life together. You are to love everyone. I, I, just, I just wrote this. I, I, I'm just taking a totally different approach to my outlines. That's why I don't post them anymore. They're not all fancy and neat. But I just simply, he, he understood his role. What was his role? It wasn't just stepdad. It wasn't dad. It wasn't foster. It wasn't this. It wasn't son-in-law or daughter-in-law. His role was just simply this. Love all. Love all. Love wins every single time. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it very clearly. Sandra knows this. Addison knows this. Man, I love Addison's mother. She's the mother of my child. I love Lana. She is not biologically mine, but she is mine. And I've come to a place in my life, and you don't have to agree with me, I do not love my kids equally. I love them individually. I love them uniquely because they are unique creations. I love Sandra way different than I love Addison's biological mother. I love you way different than I love my baby brother. But I love you all. Joseph said, bump the gossip. Bump the statistics. I choose love. I'm going to treat him any different. He's the son of God. I'm going to love him uniquely. I think, the, I think one of the most beautiful pictures right here is that when we're in a blended family, a unique family, a diverse family, a jacked up crazy situation, that we have to have that established foundation. We have to be consistent, not perfect. We have to understand our role and it's to love. It's, they, said you, they, will, they will know you are mine by your love for one another. I don't mean just love them because they love you. Love them even when they treat you bad. Love them even when they've done evil against you. Love them, love them. It doesn't excuse what they've done. It doesn't take away what they've done. It just makes you the better person to love. That root of hostility will kill you. And it will destroy the bond of your family. 
I've watched it. I've been guilty of it. I believe all of it in a nutshell, this thing called unity in a family. I think I believe all of it. I think when we look at Joseph in this, as, he, as this really sets the course of Jesus' life and how we will look back on it and how we want to live, because the Bible says if you call yourself a Christian, you're going to walk as Christ walked. This thing sets the course for it. I think that, that not only was Jesus the, the son of God and whom had full knowledge, but give up some of that Godhead in this moment. I think some of the things that we saw in Jesus' life was a direct, absolutely a direct imprinting on him from his stepdad. Can you imagine if his stepdad would have written off his family? If his stepdad would have been hostile and bitter to his family and his extended family? The outcome the generational cursing that would follow. I think looking at this, this is a beautiful picture. I believe all in all, when you're in a blended family, for unity to be a part of what we do and be so vastly different with different opinions and different backgrounds and, and different educational levels, different social status and economic status, all those things, I think for it all to come into unity, there has to be grace. I think Joseph is a beautiful picture of grace. I believe when he woke up and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her as my wife. I'm not even going to do what I can if I wanted to. I'm going to wait till the son is born. I'm going to name him Jesus. I know my role. I'm going to continue to be a man of honor and a man of respect. I'm going to love his mama. I'm going to love the craziness of our family. It's just a beautiful picture of grace. His response is it's beautiful. Look, it's, it's, it's like this. Grace is simple. It's, it's, it's looking at your family and realizing that, listen, good can come out of what seems bad or is bad. I'll try to let you all know, Lana will be sharing her testimony on Wednesday night here soon. My girls are growing up. Addison taught this past Wednesday. You see her singing now. Lana wants to share her testimony, especially from Romans 8.28, that he works together all things for our good. And share a bit of her story. And I encourage it with all of my heart that it had never be an excuse to do anything wrong, but a, a reason to excel in life. Because it can look like the worst of times, but I promise you, I promise you based off the word of God, if you'll have the foundation correct, if you'll be consistent, if you will live with honor and respect, Oh, I know you can. I know you got ammo. I know you can. I know they've done you wrong. I know they've hurt you. I know it's been years. They crucified my king. And he told me to walk like him. They stripped him naked. They stripped him naked in front of everybody. You know how embarrassed Joseph probably felt it's a beautiful picture of grace <laughs> can I let me remind you of this truth no one is perfect no one's perfect that includes you dude that includes you dude it no one's perfect 
I imagine Joseph had a moment of soul searching after he woke up from the dream and he was like, wait a minute, there's a lot in my life. You know, I've been guilty of this with Sandra. We, we both come with our, our backgrounds are different and our baggage we brought. I've been, I've been quick to do this. Throw a stone at hers, bring it up. She has yet to bring anything up, but she has often reminded me, I would never do that to you. You know, when she says that to me, what she's saying, I've got way more baggage than she has. And I've told you often, her faith has been my faith. Her strength has been my strength. You and I are a byproduct of grace. So therefore, we are to be administers of grace. There's no one perfect. There's no one perfect. You said, there's no way that we can love like that. I, I, want, to, I want you to, hey, stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet. Please. You'd say, there's, there's, there, there, that's Joseph, that's your preacher, that, that's you preaching, you know. There's no, there's no way that, that, I can't love like that. I, I remember someone very close to me when we said, hey, we're super excited that we're going to have another daughter. And he was like, man, I, I, I so admire that. He said, I, I don't know how you could take someone in that's, that's not yours and just love them. And, and, and they meant well, they didn't mean anything bad by it. They didn't mean anything bad by it. They're, they're, good, they're really good people. <laughs> I can understand that. I can understand how you can think there's no, there's no way I can love them like that. I just want to remind you, as we close this morning, I mean, real love, God love, it's not an emotion, but rather a choice. I choose love. I choose love. I choose to love them even when they spit in my face. I choose to love them even when they punch me. I don't hit them back. I choose to love them. I choose to love them when they say, take that cross. Walk that extra mile. Give me your coat. I choose to love them. It's not an emotion. It's a choice I make every day. I choose to love. I told those students, well, Holly Middle School, I'll tell you this morning, Gratitude is not an attitude, but an action. Gratitude is a choice I make every day. I couldn't even get my truck out of the middle of the road this morning, but I was not going to cuss. I was not going to yell. I was not going to be defeated. I got a word in my heart that I come to deliver this morning. And so in that moment, I chose gratitude. I choose love. Love is a choice. I beg you to choose love. I beg you to choose love. Love covers a multitude of sin. If you stop to think about how much grace he spent on you, how much love he has bestowed your way, and yet you can't love everyone the same, that's how a blended family works. That's how, that's how I can say we will be one. I choose to love you. Hey, if you make a mistake, you don't have to quit coming to church. We all make mistakes. It's the same blood, same cross, same grace, same forgiveness, same love. 
I'm no better than you and no one around you is any better than you. We are all in the same fight and those are the things we should value. We should value unity. We should fight the good fight, not each other. Know your role, understand your role, but we're one team. Value and strive for unity. Strive, give every effort you have to have unity in your home, in your family, in your extended family, and in this family, as well as the community. And I promise you, God will do an amazing thing. You say, is it really that important to Jesus? When's the last time you have read your Bible? In specific, John chapter 17. I know you think the Lord's Prayer is the one you said before every ball game. That's the model prayer. The Lord's Prayer is captured in John 17 and following. Over and over, Jesus is asking the Father because he's about to go to the cross and not be here physically. Over and over, you know what Jesus asked for? You know what's so important to Jesus? That they be one as you and I are one. You want healing in your family? You want healing in your community? You want healing in your extended family? It'll take everything you have and then some. But I think we ought to value unity. I think we ought to strive for unity because it was important to Jesus. A house divided cannot stand. I don't care how blended it is. Understand your role. And choose love. Choose love. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, as we open the altar, as we conclude our time together this morning, I pray you do a work that will go far beyond what I have been thinking and praying and desiring in weeks leading up to this moment. I pray that in spite of my raspy voice, my poor grammar, my approach and delivery of your word, then in spite of all of those things that the Holy Spirit in love will draw families together, that you will bring us closer together. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. If you need Christ to save you and set you free, he says, call on the name of Jesus. The Bible said to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You say, what is that? That Jesus was the Son of God whom died for you come on the third day come back to life so that right now by faith you can receive that life you say I need it I want it I'm tired of living this way hey let me help you articulate that you can say it out loud or say it in your mind but from your heart it must be said Jesus for there's no other name Jesus Jesus save me Jesus forgive me Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I will give you my life now. In Jesus' name. Nobody looking around, not going to embarrass you. If you're watching, listening now or later, let us know that you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning, on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand in the air. One, two, three. Say, man, I prayed. I got you, sweetheart. I got you, sweetheart. I got you. Hands down. Hands down. Hey, won't you look this way as a church, please? I want to do something a little different this morning. If you have confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior and you have not made it public, the Bible's so clear. He didn't want you to be ashamed of him, but he wants you to proclaim him. 
I want you to make your way and talk to one of our pastoral staff or myself. I will come down off of this platform. If you want to be baptized, I want you to come let us know. You want to be a part of this family, come let us know.